If you were here last week, then you know that we uh, we jumped into Jesus's primary teaching uh, on the important and relevant topic of anxiety. Uh, So if you're a person who wrestles with panic attacks or or social anxiety uh, or uh, fear of failure, fear of man, if you're constantly worried about all that could go wrong in your life and you feel like you are an anxious, worried person, uh, then Jesus's words are for you tonight. If you struggle, if you wrestle with anxiety and concern, uh, Jesus has something to teach us. Uh, And as we already mentioned before in this passage, uh, the way Jesus, the way he intends to to free you, to release you and me from anxiety is by giving us truths, peace giving truths. And so I just want you to know, Jesus assumes that if he gives you truth, if he gives you facts, if he gives you what's real, it will have an influence on your emotional Life. He assumes that in this passage, and that's why he's giving us truth. Uh, Put another way, Jesus makes a a case, he makes an argument against why you shouldn't be anxious in your life. Uh, Last week, uh, verses 25 through 30, we covered the first four of those arguments, and now tonight we're going to study the final four. And so let's go ahead and read our passage, pray, and dig in. Uh, I'll go ahead and read. If you guys get your papers in front of you and follow along. Everybody got a paper? That's important. Everybody got a paper? Get it in front of you. Share with Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, All right. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, your son and his truth is the only one who can deliver us from fear and anxiety. Uh, In fact, Father, there is no name in heaven or earth that can deliver us and save us and give us eternal life but your son. And so we come now asking for help. We come with hearts that naturally are distracted and disinterested and cold, hearts that are not warned by your truths. And we just ask, Father, make us alive. Uh, uh, breathe your spirit into us. Open our eyes, open our hearts, free us from the lies of this world as we focus on your word tonight, Lord. Only by your grace can this happen through faith. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you look at your passage, in verse 31, our passage begins with the word, therefore. Uh, And that's an important word. You might know that uh, because it tells us that that whatever follows the therefore, whatever comes after, it's it's dependent. it's, It's grounded on what came before. Uh, And, you know, from last week, in this case, what came before were four powerful reasons why we shouldn't be anxious. So, in other words, by beginning verse 31 with a therefore, that's short for Jesus' four arguments. So we could say it like this. Uh, Therefore, or because your life is more than food 
And, and your body is more than clothing because the creator of, of the universe loves and values you. Because anxiety in itself can do nothing for you. Because God will surely care for all your needs. Therefore, do not be anxious. And so you see how it all built. It was all built on what came before saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And as you can see, uh, there's a common theme. There's a common theme uh, within all three of those questions, all three of those anxious concerns. What shall we eat, drink, and wear? And that is, it's all stuff of this earthly life. It's all related to the here and now, what you can see, taste, and touch. And so Jesus is saying, in short, don't be anxious about this life, this particular life you are in now. And then in the next three verses, right, he's going to give us the four reasons why we should listen to him, why we should listen to Jesus. And the first reason is in the first half of verse 32. So go ahead and look there with me. Jesus says, for... That is, dear disciples, you shouldn't be filled with anxiety about the stuff of this life for or because. Here's the reason. Here's why you shouldn't be anxious. The Gentiles seek after all those things. The Gentiles seek after all those things. Here, the word Gentiles, it simply refers to unbelievers. Unbelievers. Uh, those who don't have a reconciled relationship with God, those who are uh, alienated and estranged uh, from their creator. Uh, they don't know God. They don't talk to God. Uh, they don't trust God. They have no interest in God whatsoever. Uh, they are Gentiles, unbelievers. And, and according to Jesus, unbelievers, they're zealous. They're earnest about securing for themselves what? All these things, that is food, drink, clothes. So you could say personal well-being and stuff. And I say zealous and earnest. Why I put those adjectives prior uh, to seek is because in the original language, which was written in Greek, uh, you don't care, but I do. Jesus uses the emphatic form of the verb seek, the emphatic verb. In other words, he's putting extra stress. He's saying unbelievers, they seek, they pursue, they chase, they hunt all these things. That's what they're all about. That's what they're concerned. Preserving and gratifying themselves here and now. And, and so from my experience, Jesus is right. Jesus is right. Uh, I lived the first 18 years uh, of my life as an unbeliever. Uh, all I worried about, all I focused on, all I pursued was stuff and satisfying my bodily urges. Those are the top goals of my life, uh, and I chased them with passion. I'm an ambitious person, so I went really hard. I sold drugs to, as many of you know, to buy and accumulate stuff, clothes, shoes, the big screen TV, video games, whatever I wanted. I sold drugs to pay for it. Uh, and to please and satisfy my body, I tried all sorts of things uh, to, 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 to give pleasure to myself. If I was bored and unhappy, I smoked weed every day from 11 years old to the time I was 18, every day. When I wanted to feel excitement and fun, I drank alcohol and party. When I was lusting, I pursued romantic relationships. So listen, as an unbeliever, as a person who didn't love God, who didn't know God, all of my life was spent seeking all these things. That's all my life was about. The supreme good of my life was me. And guess what? I was anxious. 
I was so anxious. I had no peace. No matter how drunk I got, no matter how high I got, no peace. It was like uh, drinking salt water off the ocean, right? The more you drink, the thirstier you get. So, so Jesus' point is simple. He's saying, don't be obsessed and anxious about stuff and physical pleasure and, and life on this earth. Don't be anxious about that. That's what unbelievers worry about. That's how people who don't know and love God act. They act like all they have in life is this life. And they pursue it. But you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be different. That's his point. But what makes you different? What makes you different? That is why do believers, if you have a relationship with God, if you trust in Christ, uh, why do you not worry and obsess about all this stuff? Well, Jesus tells us in the second half of verse 32. And this is Jesus' second argument against anxiety in this portion of the passage. So look at verse 32 again with me. We're going to start at the beginning. Jesus says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And here it is. Here's the second reason, second argument. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So did you know that the Sermon in the, on the Mount, that's what we're in right now, chapters 5 through 7 in the book of Matthew. Did you know in that Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is only three chapters, guess how many times uh, Jesus or talks about or refers to God as our Father, as your Father? Over 16 times. 16 times he's talking about God being your Father. Let me just throw a couple at you. Uh, they're in your cross-reference sheet. Jesus says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. When he's talking about giving, Jesus says, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When he talks about prayer, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I can keep going over and over again. Jesus returns to this singular, all encompassing truth. And that is God, the creator of heaven and earth is your dad. He's your father. And that makes you different. That sets you apart. That makes you special. You are God's child. So that is the being who spoke the universe into existence, loves, values, cares for you, protects you, blesses you, helps you, knows you. What are we scared of? Why are we so anxious? Do we have needs? God has infinite resources at his hand. Do we have problems? God has solutions. Do we have fears and doubts? God has peace and assurance and, and serenity to give us. Whatever need we have, God knows, your Father knows, and he's willing to supply you. 
And then in the next verse, verse 33, Jesus gives us the third argument against anxiety. So go ahead and take a look at that. Look there with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, they'll be added to you. Now, note that word, but, but, which indicates that, that Jesus is making a contrast. Uh, that is, he's saying, instead of toiling and anxiety and fear about grades and social pre uh, pressures and all the things that keep you up at night, what should you do instead? What should you do instead, instead of languishing anxiety? Seek first the kingdom of God. So, so according to Jesus, I would say the best defense against anxiety is a good offense. Uh, as most of you know, I graduated from uh, a college called Moody Bible Institute. That's right. And I do suggest this over Trinity or any other college if you're going into ministry. Amen. Uh, so I graduated from Moody Bible and it's located. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's located in the heart of the city of Chicago heart of the city. Uh, now Chicago is a great city, but it also can be a dangerous city, um, especially if you're out roaming late at night, even in a decent neighborhood like where Moody is located, you could land yourself in some trouble. And so for this reason, when you're a student at Moody, they send you, you can, you can participate in these text alerts. And so if a crime happens within a certain radius of the school, uh, you'll get an alert like, hey, someone just got carjacked couple hours ago, uh, a group of guys uh, beat this kid up and took his backpack, you know, something like that. Now, I didn't live on campus because uh, I was married. But since I lived an hour away, what I would do is I'd leave super early in the morning, like 4.40, 4.45 a.m. Some of you have never been up that early. Uh, so I would leave super early in the morning to beat traffic. And in the winter, you know, it was dark. So I'd arrive on campus, it'd be a dead zone. No one's out, it's just me. Um, and as I walk from the parking lot to the building, there were like, there's like this hallway corridor kind of thing you could travel through. And, and I would often think, what would I do if someone jumped out and, and tried to take my backpack with my new Apple laptop in it? What would I do? And, you know, honestly, I had thoughts and fantasies of right hooks and swift ninja moves and my foot on their throat, and all kinds of awesome fantasies of how I would just kick some tail, don't touch my computer. But not always. Sometimes I thought about, what if there were like three of them, you know? I mean, I'm big, but, you know, three might get me. Uh, or what if they pulled a gun out on me? What about then? And, and I just thought of it, and I kind of got anxious, so I'm kind of a little bit more off, like, careful as I walk. And I told myself, I'd just give them the bag, and I'd get out of there as soon as possible. But take that same scenario. You put my wife with me. Um, and, and they weren't just trying to confiscate my, confiscate my bag and uh, they intended to hurt my wife. Well, their gun better have some bullets in it. They better be willing to pull the trigger because I'm going to die for this. There's no fear in my heart when the cause is protecting my wife from danger. And it's the same principle in warfare. Students, do you think when soldiers go into war zones and gunfights and the bullets are whizzing past them and they're, they're knocking down doors, they don't know what's behind them, that they're not a little bit anxious? Of course they are. 
So how do they push through? Well, they're putting their attention, their focus on something greater, something bigger than themselves. So, but if the purpose of your life, if the purpose of my life is so self-focused, if it's all about making myself as happy and as comfortable and as uh, good as it possibly could be, if the goal of my life is to be liked by you and you and you and to be liked by friends and be popular, uh, if my goal is to uh, go to college and get a great degree and make a bunch of money and go to the nicest restaurants and wear the fanciest clothes, it's no wonder why we're anxious. Those goals aren't big enough to overcome your anxiety. They're not grand enough. They're not huge enough. You need something big to pull you out of your fearful soul to do something great in this life. Not yourself. Yourself is not big enough. God has a bigger purpose for your life, and it's not all about us. It's all about him. We're created for his glory. We're created for his majesty. We're created to reflect the most infinite, wise, powerful, and good being there is. And as disciples of Jesus, he, he raises from the dead. He, he, he gets before his disciples and he gives them a mission. Go make disciples. Go bring this message, this gospel that has this, this amazing, unbelievable power that could take me, a drug addict, uh, and a, a, a promiscuous young man who knew nothing about God and transform him into a pastor and give him hope in his life. Could take me and do that and do so many other things in everybody's life. Take this message of the gospel and push it into the world so that people who are languishing in despair and anxiety and fear and all the rest can live. And not just now, but for eternity with Christ. Listen, the bravest, I mean the bravest uh, people on earth are those who seek first the kingdom of God. The people with the most courage live by this anthem. To live on this earth now is Christ. It's all his. I give everything to Christ. To live is Christ. And if you kill me and if I die, it's gain. People with that anthem, with that message within them are the bravest people in the world. They will say, send me to the wolves. Send me to the dangerous places, Father, and I will declare the gospel of your son. Students, if we make our lives all about God, if, if we care most about his opinion and his approval and not others, if we pursue what he has for us to do in this world, anxiety will not dominate and defeat you ultimately. But you need a bigger cause than you and the comforts of your own life. You need something greater to pull you out. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, the last argument is in verse 34. Jesus says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So like last week, uh, Jesus, again, he gets practical. He just comes down to our level and he argues that, you know, to worry about all the stresses and problems of tomorrow, of the future, you know what it does? It takes your eyes off of what you can actually do now. Now, now, Jesus is not saying to us, don't wisely plan for your future. Don't make wise choices to uh, get to your goals. But he is exhorting us. He's, he's exhorting us to live your life to the fullest in this moment. Give all of yourself 
to the moment for God's glory as you seek the kingdom. All you have is right now. We don't know if you'll make it to tomorrow. You have right now. In other words, Jesus doesn't want us to live half-hearted, scared, anxious lives where we got one foot in today or maybe a pinky toe sometimes and all of ourselves in tomorrow. He wants us to be all in now today while we still have breath. And really, that's the whole, what the whole passage is kind of about. It's freeing us from a preoccupation on the things of this earth so that we could focus on something grander as we are freed from anxiety. As we live each day we have to the fullness of God's glory. You're not built for, you're not made for anxiety. You're made for God. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that you would help them come to rest in you as Father. I pray that if they have not experienced uh, you as a loving, faithful, wise, instructive Father who guards them, protects them, and helps them. Lord, if they have not experienced you that way, I pray that through Jesus, as he brings us to yourself, that they could have that relationship that could change them forever. And so, Father, I pray even in our current struggles and anxiety, and Father, you know I struggle with anxiety. And I just pray, Lord, that you would let us wrestle and, and be fruitful in the wrestle, that we would not be paralyzed by our anxieties, but we would look to your truths, we would hold fast to them, and we would seek to advance your kingdom. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.